There are a lot of stories about agents out there. Sometimes I wonder, is it really that hard to find a good agent? Someone that cares more for your interests than his or her own? What are the things to look out for to find the right agent for you? How do you know if your agent is pulling a quick one on you and prevent it beforehand? What else do you need to look out for when purchasing a property? If you have ever wondered about these questions, this episode will help you. I want to give a special shout out to our Instagram page. If you have yet to follow us there, what are you waiting for? Follow our cute little coconut for great reminders, content snippets, and great vibes to perfume your day. We know you'll love it as we expand our ecosystem to journey with you every step along the way. So come on to the Financial Coconut Instagram page now. Tag us whenever you see some interesting stuff. Help grow our community together. Link is in the description below. Welcome back to another day on the Coconut Avenue. Join us as we explore various property insights, investment strategies, and challenging property myths out there today. We'll be bringing on investors and experts in the game to share with us their insights and stories to better prepare us for our journey. Whether you're looking at your first property or building a bucket of gold through properties, there's something for you here. Ultimately, it's about helping you find your unique game plan. In this episode, we're joined by Matthew Lam, one of PropNex's top agents, to talk a little bit more about understanding the right matrix to look out for and the small telltale signs that you should know to find an agent that cares for your best interests. Keen to know more? Stay tuned. Man, I realised that, you know, like many commission-based work, what the agents recommend me might not be in my best interest. Do you think agents can ever be unbiased? Right. Um, so yeah, this is the question that has been always floating around, um, whether is it in the consumers or even amongst agents themselves. Um, so I, I always say uh, and keep this close to my heart, or at least I would recommend agents to keep this close to their hearts, is the commission will always work out on its own. But most importantly, it's the client's interest. All right. Um, and definitely, I believe that agents can be unbiased and they should be. All right. Main reason this why I say this is because I think this 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 has got to do with the uh, moral ethics of the agent, that person himself, versus the work and the value he provides versus the commission. All right. I think it should be viewed independently. All right. Because consumers, I mean, depending on who you represent, if you're representing a seller, naturally, when the seller pays more, the agent would naturally work in the interest of the seller. And in fact, just like every other corporate job, we take commission out of the context. Just like every other job, if you're paid a higher salary, naturally, you'll be more motivated as a person to work harder for the company or for your boss or for whoever it is that you're working for. That's true. Right? So if you're working based on the buyer's context, then of course, your job is to obviously get a better price for him. All right? But naturally, the commission may come from somewhere, whether it's from the buyer or from the co-broking itself. All right? And... and that one would obviously and would naturally fall into the context of whether what is the moral ethics of this agent. And naturally, this agent's uh, moral ethics will be in question. And naturally, he needs to uphold a certain set of values, which I believe everybody should have. All right. So, um, well, I always have this saying, uh, you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. You pay a good amount of money, you get the kings and queens and the best of services that you can ever get. 
So I think there should be a balance between both moral ethics as well as the commission, the salary, which is what the agents are currently receiving. Yeah, understood. So let's say if I want to buy a property now mm-hmm. and then you know, I do not know anyone who's uh, a, an agent among my friends, how do I go about finding an agent that you know, they will think in my best interest instead of their own best interest? Right. So from here, actually, um, I think now information um, and details are all in abundance in this time and era. All right. So most importantly, I think you should be looking for agents that actually bother and take the effort to empower you. All right. I always believe in something called empowerment. And from there, you would actually realize what kind of value is this particular agent adding for you. But what do you mean by empowerment? All right. So what I mean by empowerment is, is he adding value to you that um, with insights that cannot be found on internet or anywhere on the ground? All right. So because agents themselves have a particular skill set, all right. So with empowerment, they would have a general understanding. In fact, a very in-depth understanding of the market analysis. All right. And if they are able to add to you a different insight and a different perspective, which is logically sound, and which is logically in line with the market direction moving forward. I think with the abundance of information online, you'll be able, also able to make a judgment and an assessment for yourself as a consumer. All right, so what I mean by empowerment is what kind of value is the agent adding for you? And this is what we always seek and what I always pledge by, uh, is my mantra, is to empower my consumers. All right, which I believe, not just myself, many other agents who can do so and who are willing to do so should hold this by their heart as well. Understood. But let's say, you know, I go out, I have friends telling me, they go find one agent, Mm -hmm. one agent tells them one story, Mm -hmm. and then they go and find the other agent, the other agent also tell them another story. And then after maybe three, four agents, he's getting very confused because Mm -hmm. everyone is having a very congruent, a very logical uh, recommendation. But then who, who is he going to choose when he has so many logical recommendations? All right. From from here, actually, I would say based if you have, you are already talking to so many different agents, then probably I would also suggest you to find one that really connects well with you and actually um, feels very genuine to you in that sense. Mm. All right. And uh, if we are looking at that, and if you are if you realize that you are starting to get confused, um, I would always ask you to take a step back and really ask what is your main objective that you are trying to achieve. Yeah. All right. There are certain sets of frameworks that um, the current market follows. And if you are starting to see that everybody is going very congruent like what you say, yeah. then probably you are also can be say on the right track because yeah. it's a market consensus. Yes. All right. So what you should be looking out for, in fact, will be the exit plan. Okay. All right. Because from there, you will be able to see whether does this guy really have your interest mm. uh, in his art because that would actually mean that this agent will put himself in your shoes because okay. in future he will need to sell your unit as well you yes. will need to sell your unit as yeah. well yeah. and if he's able to provide you a very sound and logical exit plan provided with stats statistics and figures provided with a very concrete exit plan plus a very concrete marketing plan and you see the exit of it I think you actually found yourself a very good agent mm. what I understand is in order to differentiate between all the, let's say, four different agents selling you four different projects. Mm. You ask them further down the line, you know, yes. what is your marketing plan if I want to sell my property or when is the time to exit? Correct. So that's a better indicator whether the agent has your best interest. Correct. I think that will be one of the best indicators. In fact, he should be able to tell you what will be the demand and supply by that time. 
Um, and like what you said just now, the timing of the exit, and most importantly, the projected figures that he believes that he will be able to achieve for you. And definitely being in such an era right now where the information and the details are so transparent online, you will be able to also tell whether what figures he's telling you, is, is it really achievable or is it too far-fetched in that sense? So you mean we can double-check some facts maybe on URA website? Yes, correct. URA websites, you get your, your transactions available, transparent online. Um, you can see surrounding transactions, how are they going? And of course, there are trend lines that you can plot using certain tools, which your agents will have, that would actually show you and give you some evidence that this area will be able to command such an appreciation. Okay. All right. So another thing that you may look out for will be, of course, whether this agent uses uh, different graph trend lines or what to compare with the past trends on how the trend actually went ahead. And from there, what I like to always do is to compare the past compare with the present and deduce my own analysis and insights from there. So even though we know that maybe the past doesn't decide the future, but it's a good indicator of what the future will be like. Yes, that's right. Regarding any telltale signs, let's say, you know, I meet an agent outside and he doesn't have my best interest, but sort of gay-gay, you know, fake until he got my best interest. Mm. How do I know, you know, what are the telltale signs that this guy is... Uh, you just want to push me to buy a home right now. All right. I think um, for this, you can feel. That's why I said you would find somebody that's genuine to you. Yep. Right. And uh, most importantly, um, if he is blatantly pushing a project, you can really feel it. If his salesmanship is starting, right, and you can feel that he's being very salesy and trying to push you into committing into something, keep creating urgency without any um, factual evidence. I mean, sometimes we need to create urgency. It's our, our responsibility as agents to do so as well because we do not want you to miss out on the best deals. Yes. Right? Because, I mean, the market is always moving. There's volume, right? It's rapid, all right? But if you feel that the entry price is actually really too high comparing to the surrounding developments or launches and he's blatantly pushing you without any facts and figures or statistical evidence and most importantly, with no exit plan in sight, then I think that's a very big telltale sign. Mm, because okay. in the future, he's probably, I mean, no, no offense, but he's probably going to wash his hands off after you buy. Yeah. Right? A responsible agent would actually walk you through this so that he, you have clear certainty what to do three years down the road, mm. five years down the road, yeah. 10 years down the road, and even until your next property. Yeah. All right. And from there, you can really tell whether is he really pushing you or blatantly pushing you a product that is just because of its commission yeah. or because of uh, whatever benefits that the agent may receive. I right? get you, yeah. Yeah, so definitely it should be a win-win situation yes. between both consumer as well as the agent himself. Yeah. Naturally, one is providing a service, the other one is receiving a service. Yeah. What you're saying is, you know, the qualities that the agent must possess is really empathy, Mm -hmm. and the patients to go through the whole process with the client mm. assuming that the client doesn't know anything at all about properties correct and whether does this agent really puts in the effort to understand and project how the market direction is going to go ahead and yeah. is his information relevant to the sentiments of the consumers on the ground let's say uh, um, recently I also have a few friends who talk to me about property they say that wow, this property can go up that property can go up so I have my doubts is it true that you know, if Singapore's property prices will go up in the long run and I buy into any condo, I will earn money? Mm, that is entirely not true. 
Okay. All right. Of course, the trend in Singapore, if you look at real estate, is on a perpetual upward trend. Yes. All right. But of course, there are more micro factors that will affect the capital appreciation of each development and property. All right. There are a few factors such as the land size. Yes. All right. The number of units within the development itself, mm. the transformation that goes on within the surroundings. All right. And most importantly, the entry price. Yeah. All right. And last but not least, when you have entry, you have exit. exit. Okay. All right. So these are the few main factors that you will have to look up for. But okay. I will always advise everybody to go ahead and understand the general market first in terms of the macro aspects, demand and supply, the on-the-ground sentiments such as why today, despite the crisis, people are still purchasing. What is the number of unsold inventory right now? And most importantly, other things like the new launch versus resales, the advantages and the disadvantages, all right? And of course, an understanding of why some people choose to buy 99 or freehold. This will be the macro factors. Yeah. But when we talk about the micro factors, will be what I mentioned just now. So there are also quite a number of factors to look out for. That's why agent is there to provide you that clarity. Yes, yes definitely. Right. In terms of the micro factors, you can see from there, um, I just give you for an example, yeah. the number of units, why some developments, despite being bought at a very low entry price, five, 10 years ago, today they still don't earn money. Yeah. Um, but they have the MRT, they have the eateries, they have everything around them. Oh. All right. Because number one, land size is not big enough. Yeah. All right. There's no value sustainability in the land itself. Number two, because of the limited land size, there is very little units in that particular project. Yes. And with very little stock in place. All right. Very little inventory in place. That would mean that there will be little volume of transactions to drive prices up. Yeah. And that would also affect the confidence of your future buyer. Mm. Because imagine within the transactions itself, maybe probably the last transaction was about two years ago. Yes. How confident is your future buyer also going to determine the current value of your property? And most importantly, this buyer is also going to think of his exit, exit plan. plan. And if he can't even have a pinpoint or a reference to it because there is very little transactions within the past two years, does he have the confidence to pay you a higher price? Mm, okay, okay. So we can't just say that oh, there's MRT here, so the price will go up, or there's good schools, the price will go up. We also need to look at other factors, no matter how small, they also play a part into the capital appreciation quality. Yes, that's right. Coconuts, if you're someone who wants to learn how to pick stocks to make passive income, this is for you. The fifth person has created a dividend investing program that teaches you how to invest for income while avoiding the companies that will go bankrupt. Thousands of people have already taken their program and are getting between 8 to 12% each year. They've just opened up a whole new intake and if you sign up through us, you'll be getting access to our members back end too, which is focused on the very thing you're interested in, investing. Learn more at thefinancialcoconut.com slash dividend. That's thefinancialcoconut.com slash dividend. Link is in the description below. So I'm still confused, man. You know, let's say if I really want to buy a property and I go online and then I see all different agents, they're throwing so many advertisements at me. I don't know who to choose from. And some of these agents, yeah, I keep seeing them online, but I don't think that means they are good. Is there an objective way or is there a place that they can measure that they are past record? Alright, so I think in this time and era, uh, in fact, I think having a social presence and a show, social media branding itself for the agent is very important. 
I think it's all available online. As a consumer yourself, the first thing that you can actually check out will be his Facebook profile, right? Whether what kind of personality he has, and most importantly, of course, whether does he uh, engage himself in company activities? What is his exposure like? Does is he a trainer? Or does he actually provide classes of empowerment to maybe agents themselves or even uh, consumers themselves? So all these are very strong telltale signs of whether can you choose the right agent or not. And secondly, another way you can check out will be through um, SRX itself, the SRX profile of these agents, because we would actually list out the transactions that this agent has actually transacted in the past all the the past past transactions all the past transactions so it's very transparent because of this srx profiling right in fact if you go up and then you type in the name of the agent all his past transactions will actually be listed out and you will be able to know what kind of focus this agent actually has yeah and last but not least will be of course the um, governing body of the agents which is the cea so cea side would have um, actually the uh, profile of these agents as well any past track records, any disciplinary actions taken against this agent, and most importantly, um, any testimonials from clients uh, that actually comments this agent himself. In fact, moving forward, CEA is putting a more concentrated effort into this because I think they recognize that it is difficult to actually pinpoint a good agent. Yes. So they are actually pushing for agents review, a public registry, as well as um, a more transparent reflection of their transactions because right now they are only showing HDB transactions. Yes. From what I understand, they are also going to be adding condo uh, transactions in the long run. So Or private transactions in the long run. Yeah. Because I, I don't really trust Facebook or Instagram because the agent can lie or just, you know, inflate his activities. So what about what you mentioned about SRX and CEA I think those are good options to, to check for an agent's character and his past track record. Mm, right, but um, I, I mean, to be fair, of course, uh, the inflating of activities, you can really tell whether is it genuine or not from there because if he is always appearing on company-level activities, then I think that is rather genuine, all right, because and you can see maybe endorsements from the CEO himself or the KEO himself, then we would know that may not be inflated because that is a really uh, a true endorsement from the company itself and uh, it is the company's interest to provide the best for the clients anyway. Yeah. Right. One more question, Matt. You are from Propnex yourself. So I think it would be biased to ask you this question, but I still want to ask. Is there any difference between agents across different agencies? Let's say uh, ERA, or Orange Tea and Promnex itself? Alright, so um, for me, I'll take a neutral stance with this one. Uh, I would say that each company will have its own pros and cons, alright, but of course, naturally, different companies will train their salesperson differently. And it really depends on what kind of objective you are trying to achieve and what kind of value that you are looking for. Because in Promnex itself, we are actually going for uh, more about the empowerment of the market sentiments, alright, so that you will know how this market works. So in, in Propnex itself, we seek to, to empower people in this manner and in this direction. We want consumers to be able to make their own decisions because of our empowerment. We want consumers to be educated with how the market works. Right? So because by empowering, trust is being built. Yeah. Right? By empowering, you will be able to know that, yes, I'm getting value from this person and I really learned a lot from this person and our values align, 
our thinking align, our uh, information aligns, and that's where we really strike a very strong partnership or transaction with both parties, a consumer and an agent. And then they are also clear about their own decision, why they want to buy or why do they want yes. to sell this, this Yes, time? yes. Yeah. So, I mean, gone are the days where product selling is very rampant in the market, right? In the past, it used to be always about the product. It's always all about sales, sales, sales. And product, product, product. You're just pushing the product, how beautiful this swimming pool is or how beautiful this building is, all right? But consumers are getting smarter. So they start to realize that it's not just the beauty of the product itself, but of course the micro and the macro economical factors that surrounds this project, this development, and Singapore itself. I see, understood. Do you think that, you know, if I want to find a good agent, the agent being a generalist or specialist, does it matter? To me, I think with uh, the evolution of the real estate dynamics right now, um, I think things have changed quite a fair bit. In the past, we were always required to become a specialist of a certain target area or a certain development or a certain um, segment of real estate, let's say industrial or commercial or residential. I think for the past 11 years of experience, I've seen the evolution in this market. In fact, I would say be the specialist of the generalist. Well, what does that mean? Uh -huh. <laughs> all right, because um, if you are able to find this agent that is well-versed with all aspects of things, right? whether is it the commercial, industrial or office or rental even inside the residential aspect. Huh? Yeah. Um, you'll be able to get very, very insightful aspects. All right. And of course, we can't expect him to be a master of everything. Yes. But at least he knows what's going on. He knows what's the dynamics that surrounds each segment of real estate. And from there, he's able to provide you a different perspective and an additional perspective to things for your real estate. So I've seen many agents evolved along the way over this past 10 years from being only focused in a certain area to opening up and broadening their scope, all right, to really understand what's going on in the different aspects of real estate. All right, so for example, I'll give myself as an example. So last time people were only used to focus on project sales and residential sales. For, but for me, I have an additional focus, which is rental. Yeah. All right, so these people who only focus on sales or project sales may provide different figures for rental, uh, which may or may not mislead the consumers themselves. But for myself, I'm able to provide something more accurate and a different insight and a more genuine insight of how um, the projection of your ROI may turn out after it TOPs. Because you're in the market itself, yes. so you know what's happening Correct. inside. So Correct. you can provide better guidance for them as Correct. well. And the next thing is, the consumers themselves, I mean, it has already become so diluted already. I mean, I have an owner in Pongo area owning a, a, a unit in Orchard. I have an owner in Jurong owning a unit in Tampines. I have a Tampines owner, in fact, owning another unit in Orchard itself. So you can see it has already been so mixed up and diluted uh, that you got to be a specialist generalist, mm. right? You got to know what are the prices in Orchard. You got to know what are the prices in Jurong. You got to mm. be sensitive to the Tampani side as well. Because why? Anytime your owner or your consumer decides to sell his property or decides to purchase a property in a different area, you got to have all this information on your fingertips, right? And so that's how the real estate market has actually evolved over the past 11 years and it actually pushes the standards of real estate agents up as well all right so from there that's why that's what i mean by specialist generalist because yeah. after all how because of how it evolved along the way you are required to know 
and be specialized eventually in all different areas of Singapore. Yeah, understood. I think it's a very eye-opening sharing by you. So thank you for your time. All right. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for taking time to tune in. I hope you have learned a little bit more about property investing today. If you feel like you have benefited from this podcast, do share this with your loved ones. And also, do follow us on all our socials and join our community Telegram group and tell us what you're interested to know about next. Everything is in the description below. Have a great day ahead, guys. And always remember, when we are better prepared, the next opportunity is just around the corner. See you next time. Personally, you know, I don't think anyone with uh, sales incentives based commission can ever be totally unbiased. I mean, they can say that they are unbiased, but come on, that's how the business model works. They need to close something to, to earn. And if they have debts, they have family obligations, people need to earn. So can they ever be unbiased? I, I just don't think so. I think it's the same for real estate agents, insurance agents, or any sales job that uh, is in a business model of a sales incentives. But does it mean that they are bad people, they are unethical? No, of course not. I mean, there are unethical people everywhere in our lives, even in the 9 to 5 job, even if you are having a fixed salary, they are unethical, they are bad people. But that doesn't mean that all of them are bad. And it's the same for real estate agent jobs, it's the same for any sales incentives job. I'm sure there are good ones out there, but they are just rare and it's hard to find one that looks out for our best interests. And so earlier, I think Matt talked about how we can do our due diligence as well, how we can do our parts to be a better buyer. You know, I believe we can do our part in differentiating between the agents that looked out for our best interests and the agents that don't. You know, do they listen to your real needs and go through all the choices meticulously with you? Do they care about your exit plan or do they want to help you rent your home? Do they tell you about the different micro and macro factors that you should know when you are considering your property purchase? Do they care to tell you not to overstretch your budget? Otherwise, it might affect your quality of life. And do they tell you to buffer just in case something bad happens, the economy falls and you know you, you have a salary cut or you're out of a job? Are you still able to pay for your mortgage? Or are they creating urgency to sort of cajole you to buy without any statistics to back it up? Or are they saying that, oh, this project is good, that project is good. Whichever project you are inclined to, they will tell you that it's good. You can make money, you sure can make money. So I think there are different pointers to look out for for ourselves. One way to really prepare ourselves for property purchase is not to start to arm yourself with the knowledge when you want to buy because then you'll you feel that there's an urgency to buy. And sometimes you act based on impulse. You know, one way is to listen to pro a property podcast like this and just see different perspectives and see different things that you can learn way before the time that you you are prepared to buy. Because then you'll be so much more prepared, so much more clear-minded. And you know what you want. You'll not be cajoled that easily. When you rush and make decisions based on impulse, you'll be liable to trust whatever the agents say. Because most often, they are the only source of market information we have. And I think Matthew also mentioned that there are websites which we can do our own research. Example, on SRX and as well as on a CEA. The CEA is coming up with reviews for property agents soon. So we can look at like a review system, like a very objective review system. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that because then we can really see, okay, is this agent good or not? Or does this agent have a lot of bad comments in the past? 
And so, yeah, I think the default business model of sales incentive, commission-based incentives will really create a different dynamic of uh, customer and uh, agent relationship. But as consumers, we, we can't just score them and don't do our part, you know. Because maybe if we are in the same situation, we might do the same if, if we have family obligations, we have kids to send to school, we have debt obligations. But as consumers, we can do our part to protect ourselves and only work with those that we have filtered. Work with those that we know they have the best interests at heart. And I think we have a part to play. Lah. We have a part to play in this whole dynamic. And yes, the next time you're looking for property, remember, don't just... Go in when you when you feel like you're ready to buy. But even maybe one year or two years before you're ready, start to learn more things, start to do more research on yourself because it's a big ticket decision, you know. Property prices are going up and if you are going into a private property, at the minimum, I think it's above six, seven hundred or even eight hundred thousand dollars. So I think it really pays to do our own due diligence way before the time that we are prepared to buy. And that's my takeaway from this episode, how to find your superstar agent. And I hope you learned something out of it. See you guys next week.